Welcome to My Creative Classroom, an EdTech podcast that focuses on highlighting educational tools that help teachers transform learning in or out of their classrooms. On this special edition of the podcast, I am highlighting some of the amazing speakers at the annual Atlantic Education Institute held virtually from July 26th to August 6th. You can visit connected-community.ca for more details and registration. I hope my conversations will help you in your creative journey in education. My name is Brian Willette, and welcome to My Creative Classroom. Welcome back to My Creative Classroom for another special episode about the upcoming Atlantic Education Institute being held virtually from July 26th to August 6th. You can visit connected-community.ca for more details. Whether you're listening to us on your preferred streaming platform or watching us on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe and share. I am excited about this episode today because I am honored to welcome one of the keynote speakers from the Atlantic Education Institute. She is the CEO Superintendent of School District Number 43, located in Metro Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. I am pleased to welcome Patricia Gartland to the show. Patricia, thank you so much for joining me. Well, thank you, Brian. I'm so delighted to be here, and what a great opportunity to speak with the uh, Atlantic Education Institute. Absolutely, and I'm sure everyone is just as excited to hear you during your keynote presentation, but I'm sure they're excited to get a little insight about who you are and what your journey in education looks like. So let's kick things off right there for our listeners. Tell us a little bit about who you are, your background, and what your experience in leadership in education has been. Well, I'm Patricia Gartland. I'm the Chief Executive Officer and Superintendent of Coquitlam School District Number 43, which is in beautiful Metro Vancouver, BC. We enroll 32,000 students in 70 schools, kindergarten to grade 12. We have elementary K to 5, middle grade 6 to 8, and secondary grades 9 to 12 schools. And uh, I, I guess my leadership experience, uh, apart from being superintendent of schools, finally at the end of my career, is uh, having started our international education program, which was quite an innovation in 1999, and uh, turning that into a very successful uh, internationalization effort for our school district, as well as uh, revenue generating uh, opportunity. And uh, before that, I played many leadership roles in terms of schools, principal, vice principal, and so on, as well as at the district level in coordinating language programs because I'm a student of languages, et je parle français aussi, and uh, also technology is another real passion of mine. What an amazing history of leadership opportunities in education. And, and one thing that I'm sure is on everyone's mind, being the chief executive officer, superintendent of a school district, you know, there's no, you know, no secret here. We've lived a school year like no other because of the global pandemic. And today we are recording this. Even as we record this, there has been quite a shift today in your school district. So tell us how this year um, you yourself as a leader have had to adapt and adjust during the global pandemic that is COVID-19. Well, I think one of the great things about challenges is the opportunities they provide. And if you've spent time building infrastructure and building a really effective team, then when a challenge comes along, you're ready to meet that challenge. And of course, 2020 had so many challenges 
the pandemic, right after spring break, we had to uh, convert to remote learning and had done so the first week after spring break because of the infrastructure we'd already put in place and all the years we'd spent with our Directions 2020 strategic plan and putting resources, partly from the International Education Program, uh, into ensuring there was equitable access throughout our district. And so it was easy for us to convert to a remote structure. And through that, in terms of implementation, you know, late adopters, reluctant learners, and so on, it was really a wonderful <laughs> event because everyone needed to use technology so we provided them with webinars and training every day and district-wide lessons and all kinds of really interesting innovations many of which will continue well beyond the pandemic but this year never seems to want to end i the, we delayed the start of school by a year we were in full in-class instruction all year um but the first day back, it was supposed to be September 14th, a week later, we had a smoke warning and there was so much smoke from the wildfires in the interior of BC that we weren't sure we were going to be able to open. <laughs> and now here we are, we're closing on June 30th. And today the, the temperature is 44 degrees. That has never happened in the history of Vancouver. And we had to close schools today for heat. <laughs> And the staff are there, but 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 schools are closed, but stu students will be able to come back tomorrow to pick their things up. But what a year. It's like the year that never wants to end and wants to keep challenging us on a regular basis. Absolutely. And, and you mentioned, you know, during that, that challenges lead you to rethink and help adapt. So how do you as a leader, as, as many other leaders are listening to our conversation are wondering, how did you get your team on board? How did you get the infrastructure in place and, and even technology use in place prior to the global pandemic, prior to people realizing the absolute need for technology? How do you how do you take those steps as a leader in a school district? Well, I think you need to ensure that you have the right people on your team. You need the people who are motivated, visionary, energetic, and loyal and dedicated to your school district and to the, the success of students. You have to have the right people and you have to make the difficult decisions if you don't have the right people. And then once you have that, you know, great leaders foster and help their people to grow and are delighted with the achievements of their team. So it's all about building the capacity of everyone on your team and in terms of uh, vision you need a strategic vision and you need to put your resources where that vision needs the resources to be and really focus your efforts in a very concerted way if you're going to achieve anything if you you're going to be superintendent for how long five years maybe 10 years but you want to start achieving right away and start making your school district be the place you want it to be for students and staff. And, and that's an amazing statement right there is making sure that the team that's with you shares the vision, shares the passion in support of everyone in your school district. And, and you just mentioned there, you know, whether you're superintendent for five years or 10 years, whatever that number is, as a leader, how do you, how do you try to make sure that the vision continues once a new leader is in place? You have to have people given opportunities to engage in the vision. So when I first became superintendent, I met with all of the principals and vice principals and told them that I didn't want to have meetings where they sat there looking at their uh, emails and we uh, 
dictated operational items to them. I wanted these to be their meetings. I wanted them to be sad if they missed a meeting. And so we called these meetings Learning Without Boundaries meetings. All of them are participatory. Uh, we have principals and vice principals engaged in the planning of the meetings. We meet every two weeks all year. Now we do it remotely before we did it in person. We have a designated time uh, every two weeks that they're available to do that early in the morning on Thursdays. And, uh, and those meetings are professional development. Uh, we handle operational issues through an operational bulletin. Since the pandemic started, it's a daily operational bulletin. And then we have operational meetings with administrators um, separately uh, apart from the Learning Without Boundaries meeting. But Everyone has to see themselves in the strategic vision. So that's part of the creation of the vision, but in the implementation of the vision. And so everyone, it re if your vision resonates with everyone, they will pull together and all make meaningful contributions to uh, its realization. Absolutely amazing. And so I need to follow up on that, which is meetings. And you're talking about having you know, several meetings over the course of a year. So how do you set up your meeting? And I know you mentioned the learn, you know, learning without boundaries and, and it's not some kind of stand and deliver meeting, but how do you start that process to transition from what people would be used to as a traditional meeting to something where you feel engaged and you feel like your voice is being heard? Well, I really met with the entire extended executive of our principals association, including the professional development committee and all of the, the subcommittees and explained uh, my vision and talked to them face to face. And they agreed with me that that was where we needed to go. So uh, we just started working together with a, a committee, you know, a select committee of, of administrators and then ensuring that there were certain aspects to every meeting for example participatory as i mentioned we we have now we have breakout rooms before we would always have a large part of the meeting being discussion and uh, feedback and then we have speakers we have our own speakers from our own very expansive uh, learning services team but we also have invite speakers in and deal with the the current topics where we need to understand more about how to deal with those topics, often very complex topics in an appropriate way. Absolutely amazing. And it, it kind of stems from that vision and, and everyone in your organization being part of the vision so that it's not being delivered top down. They're more engaged in that opportunity to be able to help see the system succeed and feel as though their contributions helped the system succeed. So yeah. let's transition a little bit here to the Atlantic Education Institute because I don't want to give away your all of your stories and all of your backgrounds um, because you will be sharing some of this as a keynote speaker at the Atlantic Education Institute. So tell us a little bit about what our listeners and what our participants can expect when they join your keynote session during the Institute. Well, thank you, Brian. During the Institute, I plan to highlight uh, the innovations that I think will really be of interest uh, to the audience. Uh, I'm going to have uh, slides with all kinds of visuals regarding all kinds of uh, innovations we've implemented uh, for facilities, for uh, instruction, for professional development, uh, technological innovations and so on and so forth. And I thought I'd really give concrete examples throughout. 
and then also explain, you know, the challenges that we have to overcome in terms of being successful in implementing those models and how we've done it. So I thought it would be really important to show really authentic examples and not just speak in theoretical terms and uh, talk about how that really has been very successful in our context. And I think it will be uh, maybe some things people haven't thought of before that they might want to use in their context. And how valuable is that? You know, often we sit and we listen to a keynote and like you mentioned, we'll listen to theoretical and try this, but authentic, concrete examples that you have used and have been successful for you and your team to be able to hopefully motivate and inspire other leaders, whether in education or industry, to see if these strategies can help them improve their environment. So that's amazing to hear. And I haven't listened to it yet, but I already appreciate you sharing those real life examples because that helps inspire um, others to do the same or try something similar. And, and the Atlantic Education Institute, just so our listeners know, this is not your first time keynoting an event. You, you're quite well renowned at events, aren't you? I speak at a lot of events, especially technolo technology and international education. <laughs> yeah, and absolutely fortunate for you to be a part of the Atlantic Education Institute. And I'm sure our participants will be inspired by your message. And Patricia, I don't want to take up too much of your time. I know it's 44 degrees up there right now. I'm sure it's just skeltering hot right now. Um, so I'd like to ask you one final question before we part. Um, and my question is around the theme of the Atlantic Education Institute. So I'd like to know, what, what does it mean to you to be considered an innovative leader? Well, I think being an inno innovative leader is everything. Innovation moves humanity forward. It moves us forward. If we're not innovating to meet our dreams of how education should be, how learning should be in the 21st century, what are we doing? everything we do should be innovative because that's progress. That's embracing the future. That's embracing best practices and inventing and devising and be thinking creatively so that we can ensure that our students are very well prepared for the 21st century, that they're creative, innovative thinkers, that they have the, the, the competencies that they're going to need, you know, the creative and critical thinking, communication and collaboration, and then the positive personal and cultural identity and social responsibility and personal responsibility. Um, we need to ensure we're modeling those competencies and providing every possible opportunity for our students to gain those competencies and really uh, be the, the leaders of tomorrow. What a way to end this, because that's absolutely a great message to those looking to become innovative leaders themselves, or maybe don't consider themselves innovative leaders, but need to look back and say, you know what, this is what I'm trying to do within my organization. So Patricia, I thank you so much for joining me on the podcast, sharing your story, sharing what participants and our listeners can look forward to during your keynote at the Atlantic Education Institute. And I encourage all of our listeners, all of our viewers to head over to connected-community.ca. Register for the event now um, so that you don't miss this opportunity to listen to Patricia share her stories and examples of how she, as an innovative leader, helped her school district advance in education. As always, don't forget to follow us on social media using at MyCreativePod, and let's make learning creative. My name is Brian Ouellette, and this was My Creative Classroom.